We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, host of the Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation podcast, episode 42, with Saritha Sharad. Had a great conversation about faith, peace, love, and blessings. Uh, how Sarita is in her industry working for people, literally trying to help people travel at the end, too. It's pretty cool. And just how incredible uh, that she represents company, does artwork, and doesn't let negative things get down to her. That's pretty impressive, in my opinion. Definitely a couple stories that I took out of that as a humbling and motivation. Hope you guys enjoy. This is episode 42 of Sarita Sharon. Thanks for listening, as always. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. And we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation podcast, episode 42, with Sarita Sharad. And without further ado, yourself. Hello, guys. This is Sarita Sharad. And you better know me as Voice of Reason here on the Anchor Station. I have the pleasure and honor of being interviewed here by the Anchor Nation. And just to tell you a little bit about me, just a little snippet, um, I kind of cover everything with peace, love, and blessings, the abstract thinking, and nothing but positive vibes floating around, making sure that you get those golden nuggets here on the Anchor Station. But like I said, I get the opportunity and the chance to be interviewed by the one and only KT here at the Anchor Nation. So I'm very excited about this. Appreciate it, Sarita. Yes, and thank you. I appreciate those compliments. I'm definitely looking forward to it for sure. So yes, question, yes, no problem. So question one, who told you about Anchor? You know, the first time I heard about Anchor, it came from Gary V. Gary um, I'm all about, you know, knowing the who's of who's and who inspires, who's moving in the world, and the entrepreneurs. And Gary Vee is definitely that person, that source from, you know, his awesome book, Crush It, to now his um, newer book, Crushing It. And he was just making, one day he was giving some motivation and saying, you know, everybody, all right, nobody can make an excuse that their voice can't be heard, especially with apps like Anchor. And that was the first golden nugget I got about Anchor. I think Anchor is probably one of the most inspiring platforms on the market right now because it gives you the liberty to talk about whatever topic you want. And it's free since there's free yes. podcast hosting service. It just it makes it easier and makes you have more personality, too, which is great. It definitely does. I think another thing to add on to that is the thing about Anchor that makes it so easy is that the podcast is very simplistic. Like I've been talking about doing a podcast for the longest and before Anchor, I never really knew which route to go or how I wanted to, to do it or if I should do the videos. And, and Anchor just made it so easy to do it from your phone, anywhere you're at, um, just like you're having a normal conversation. And that's how I even started my first podcast. There you go. I, th I think Anchor, the fact that we can have this conversation without any seamless problems and just do it off the cuff even. And you can even do off the cuff. It doesn't have to be structured like this. It gives you power to know that anyone can collaborate across the entire globe, which is crazy. Yeah, 
Exactly. It's very powerful. It's so crazy that it's powerful. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And question two, which is a good segue. What is the backstory behind not only the Voice of Reason Anchor Station, but that brand? Well, the backstory behind Voice of Reason is my name is Sarita. As I became, people started calling me Re. Um, you know, throughout the time of growing up, I would go by Retha. Even in the workday now, I go by Retha. It's, it's simplistic. I don't have to go repeat myself or give the whole little spill. Um, Saritha, like Aretha Franklin with, a, with an S. But right. um, along with that, it's always been, like I've always been that person that people came to for advice, for clarity, and for creativity. So with that being stated, you know, um, it just, it made sense to me. I, I'm a wordsmith when it comes to, uh, I've been writing since I was eight. So voice of reason just made sense to me. And then the fact on the flip side, outside of the reason, that's more so all of the, the tidbits of how reason came about. But um, the voice part came about because my whole life, I was always asked if I was in radio, did I do voiceovers? If I didn't, why haven't I? And, you know, for the last almost, I'll say maybe six years, um, I was playing around with it. Like I would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get into that. I'm, I'm going to do that. I got to. I'm tired of people saying it. But right. clearly I wasn't to that point of, you know, being sick and tired of being sick and tired of people saying it <laughs> um, to just go into it. So Anchor was my way of testing myself and being able to grow. And that's how Voice of Reason came about. I think it's a great point that growing and finding your inner soul, inner passion. And when people told you about the voice, they had the great radio voice and all that, you were just kind of buying. But now that Anchor has come about, it's definitely rejuvenating, not just yourself, but a whole bunch of people out there who now yeah. have had the dream of being like a professional podcast or a radio personality. Here it is. Exactly. It's interesting for sure. And question three, what is your current occupation? So I am a promotional specialist, product specialist, and tour manager. Um, I travel around the world now uh, doing different events for several excuse me, several brands via it being Fortune 500 brands or um, smaller corporations that are trying to grow being the face of those companies at big events. Like right now, as we are doing our interview, I'm actually in Daytona doing the Daytona Bike Week. And um, I've been emceeing and representing Chevrolet here at Daytona Bike Week. That's, that's incredible. I think, I think that you have that versatility to go around the world. And when your number's called, you go out there and do your job. It, it's definitely, it's definitely humbling. It's also inspiring to know you do such a great job. But just a real quick follow, what are some things you've noticed just traveling around the world that you've had to get used to? Well, let's say when you just started out, maybe it was a little bit more simple, but now with the challenges of just traveling in different time zones and depending on big brands and small brands, what are some things you see? Um, you want to know what's crazy? I think it was harder for me at the beginning of getting used to some things um, than it is now. Now, um, the flexibility of being able to travel and for me, being able to see like visiting family, I, I most of the time I get a chance to visit my family and my friends when I travel and do different events right. um, while I'm also being able to work. I think my difficulty came 
from the beginning when I was in trying to figure it out, like trying to figure out, okay, does that event make sense where um, if I'm paying for my, my travel, my flights or, or my uh, hotel or stuff like that, does it make sense for me to even travel to do that event? And um, when going back to that whole word of growth, now I've grown into a place where I have certain clients that pay for everything. So there is no variation of, uh, I, I went and did this event, but I'm more so in the hole and I'm, you know, making money, um, even though the events seem awesome. So I think it just became growth and with traveling, because even before this job, I enjoyed traveling and getting the education and becoming enriched by traveling. Um, with this job, it just allowed me to truly understand the blessing in traveling and the knowledge that you gain from it that no money can give you. I think the the fact that you can learn so many different cultures, you can learn another person through a different country or different different right. event. It, it makes you have that connection. It gives you a stronger bond that going into the event you never thought you would have. For sure, definitely. Like uh, I'm going to give you an example today. Um, I encountered a lot of people for, from France, and we have a today. And although I, I slightly know a little French, slightly know a little Italian, a little Spanish, um, obviously when you don't brush up on things, it, it gets a little murky. And um, But I had a lot of people who, who spoke French today, and I was able to still communicate with them by using my little bit of French and then my, my better language, which was Spanish, and be able to put a smile on their face, be able to make sure they had a great experience and still get those perks that they were supposed to get while they were at Daytona Bike Week. Um, and a lot of that came from me traveling, just like um, I traveled to Italy, Cuba, Turks and Caicos and certain other places, which allowed me to gain that culture and um, see just, just the joy that you can give somebody just because you're trying. And that's the thing I want people to understand. It's about you trying. You don't have to be fluent in, in a lot of things. We kind of put that burden on ourselves right. as if we had to be so fluent in it. And um, in all honesty, like when I was in Italy, they were just happy that, that you know, I was trying to speak Italian. And then they would start speaking English. <laughs> there you go. So I think if you just try a little bit of everything and know your limits and give it 100% effort, as long as you try and put it, Put as much effort as you can. It doesn't have to be fluent, like you said, but just enough effort to where you can feel confident and start trying things. You'll learn something, and maybe you'll get that back return. They stay a step outside your comfort zone, and these little exactly. steps outside your comfort zone add up at the end of the day. Exactly. There you go. And question four, you've got some great artwork on your Instagram first, though. It's definitely it's definitely top-notch, in my opinion. But Thank you. Some... <laughs> no problem, no problem. Question, what are some messages you like to share with how people perceive your artwork? Um, the message that I would like to share uh, with people about perceiving my artwork is to think outside of the box. I never really want to give people like the whole picture and the title. And I I'm not trying to gear them in any one direction. Honestly, I want people to be able to look at my artwork and put together a picture or tell their own story. And I, I guess that kind of started back when, like I said, I used to write when I was eight and I used to have a lot of untitled 
poems because I would want people to read them and come up with their own title. It didn't take away that it was, you know, my poetry that I created, but it allowed them to become more creative versus putting them in a box and saying, okay, this poem is called The Box is Blue. Read it. You know, they <laughs> read it and then and then start thinking. And maybe they thought outside of the box and was like, oh my gosh, the box is actually white and there's a hint of blue somewhere, but you gotta find it. You know? It's like a little I spy gamer puzzle piece. Yeah, it, it, it's a that's a great point. I think allowing the uh, end user or the critiquer, as they say in art world, will give them the opportunity to be creative in their description or title or just a description of what that looks like and what they're seeing. It makes them think outside the box and it makes them happy and know that you're caring about them because you're making them thinking outside the box rather than just giving a straight title. It gives them more flavor for sure. And, you know, the other thing that it brings about, and I I do this a lot in life is I want them to uh, create their own emotion. You know, I, I hate when people try to make somebody go, okay, you're supposed to be mad, so be mad, or you're supposed to be sad here, or be happy here. Like, you never know what it might touch, or who it might touch, and how it might touch them. So I'd rather them read the words, or look at the painting, and it cre- and their own emotion is created from their own experiences, not from me trying to make them feel a certain way. It's a good idea. It's, and, and not a great idea, but an awesome idea, but a, great, a better concept. The fact that you create your own passion, your own memories, your own events, your own everything, that you do something, you allow your artwork to not only you give off something, but they get something from it and give that end goal and they make an emotion out, make an event, and they can touch somebody else. And so I'd say that's what's, that's what we're all trying to do for sure. Exactly. And question five, what is one piece of work that you have created that just stuck with you as an inspiration to the people out there? Um, one piece of work that I was have to say that I created that that really stuck with me, and it's so funny because I was just I was talking to a friend about it last night. Um, I have this painting that is of a, a woman with glasses on, and um, it, it seems to be everybody's favorite painting, just about. But for me. The reason why it stuck with me is one, it was my first painting that I kind of did freehand. There was no necessarily direction I was trying to go with it. I didn't do any sketching. It really was just whatever strokes I made on there and brushed on there, that's what came about. Um, two, I guess it stuck with me because to an extent, it reminds me of myself. I wear glasses, um, have worn glasses since I was in sixth grade. And so, between wearing glasses and then I've always been complimented. I have an interesting story when it comes to my eyes and growing up. Um, I was always complimented on my eyes and never knew how to take the compliment because I never understood. It was like, they're just brown eyes. And then one day I realized my eyes change colors. Right. I, I didn't know that the whole time, but that's what other people were seeing. And that's one of the reasons why they would compliment my eyes and the whole time I'm saying, oh, they're just brown eyes. One day they might be mahogany red. The next day they might be light brown. So now it made sense. And um, it kind of, that kind of went down the whole family background and learning more about my grandmother and, and um, her and her side of the family and her brothers and all the rest of them being Indians and the pretty eyes and all the rest of that. But um, 
that was just that that piece. A lot of my pieces and paintings, you you would notice that the eyes are very unique and that personal touch that I wasn't originally trying to do, but it kind of came from within, from my own experience, and then it kind of became a signature of mine. It's and interesting. That's in piece. It's okay. interesting. It's, it's it came organically without any real purpose. It was just like here's the eyes and. And you had that creative development. And, and just a real quick follow was there anything that you saw as you got older, as you started to develop with the artwork? Was there anything you saw that might have changed? Or do you feel now that as, as you get more experience with the art world, do you feel now it just becomes more natural rather than something that's fixed before? Um, I think some of the things that's kind of changed now is I try not to have so much structure. I just I just try to flow um with what I do when it comes to artwork, I try not to put too much thought into it. Like, you know, beforehand, it was almost creating this whole to-do list and trying to stay within the lines and, and stay on track. And I learned that um, a lot of the creativeness that kind of comes within comes from having that freedom, which is actually going to kind of come into, I think, my um, answer to number six. So I don't want to I'm not even going to overflow just yet. I'm going to let you ask. There we go. And that's, that's a great segue. Question six. What are some adversities you have had to overcome that made you stronger today? So I had this whole mantra that was called turning pain into a painting. And um, this is actually an adversity I had in my adult life that I felt like a lot of people go through where there were some family issues kind of going on. And I felt like I was the middleman of it all between everybody in the picture. I was that um, centerpiece that was connected to each individual, had good standings with each individual. But the problem with that was I was starting to take on all of the pain of seeing a family being pulled apart off of um, things that were very minute or, or, you know, communication would have been able to basically wash all of that away. And so turning pain into a painting was created uh, in a couple different ways. My first video that I ever did was actually a later title, Turning Pain into a Painting. But beforehand, it was called um, The Peas of Pain. And it was finding the power in pain, finding um, how to prosper in pain and uh, finding how to be productive in pain. And it was so many other P's that I had there. And towards the end of that video, as I was creating it, um, God kind of gave me turning pain into a painting. You have to write the word pain before you can actually get the word painting. So you have to actually go through that struggle before you can create something beautiful. And um, that's how that whole thing came about. That, that's actually a great analogy. If you think about sometimes when you paint, you overthink things or you had that story. You might, you might have to get in a certain deadline and it takes forever. It takes forever and, and you feel like you're getting nowhere, but it's that pain where you learn through every brushstroke or, or artist scribble or whatever the case may be. That's when you start realizing that those pain moments, those are the moments that add up and those are the toughest moments, but those are the best moments to learn and grow. Exactly. And I, I, I just, the thing about that as well is, I realized that a lot of people, the, the paintings that I actually was painting when I was in pain and, and trying to push through things were the ones that spoke the loudest to people. And it's not that 
the painting was like an emotional painting where a person's crying or it it just it just spoke volume to people because of what you poured into it. And that reminded me of, uh, as I was growing up, I used to dance. And so doing like ballet, tap, jazz, Hawaiian, modern, in order to do all of those um, different dances, you had to be able to put an emotion in the dance for people to be able to connect. So that just was my tie-in to being able to do painting because you had to put an emotion into it for people to be able to connect. It's a good point. That human emotion in the connection. It's, it's important to put something in passion too. I think from therapy, if we can put the passions first, that is power. Right. That is everything. And when you start having these passion and you start moving things to emotion, that's the passion that not only lights people in a good way, but it's a shining light at the end of the day. Exactly. And question seven: How has your family and support system supported you not only through the tough times, but now as you enter this new job? Um, well, my Sam, my family is such a support system just from always lifting me up and cheering me on and believing in me and being there. But they also have reminded me that they too are human and that they too can be the hard times that helps make me stronger. So sometimes them being, um, my support system actually deals with them just being human and reminding me that we all are human. We all go through things. We all make mistakes. Uh, we all have certain tough trials and errors that we have, but being able to come back and correct it or come back and communicate from it, um, those are definitely the things that have allowed me to completely feel supported and completely feel like, you know, I have to make sure that I give everything that I have um, in this world before leaving this world. That's a, that's a good point. I think sometimes when the family picks you up and you have that human emotion, realize that no matter what you do or what you say or what happens at the end of the day, mistakes will be made. The journey will be long. The journey has mm-hmm. always got some type of trial and turbulation. It's always got a game-changing moment. It's got something that we don't know what's in store, but there's one thing for sure. When something does happen, whether it be good or bad, how you come back stronger from it or how you pursue or persist through it. That's what defines you as character. That is so true. And question eight, if you had a choice, this is a fun question. If you had a choice of collaboration with anybody who was inspiring the world, who would it be and why? So I had three answers to that. And they <laughs> went on three different levels. So I'm going to try to keep it very short on how I state it. But the first person was Sarah Jakes Roberts. Um, And the reason why I chose Sarah Jakes Roberts is because she has truly embraced being her from, she was a preacher's daughter of uh, Pastor T.D. Jakes, uh, who was a mega pastor. And she went through such a journey in life from becoming pregnant at like the age, a, a teenager. So not only is your father a pastor, but now you're pregnant at, you know, at being a teenager and having your first child, but to see the growth from her then to now having um, just let God use her. She went through a lot of pain through her life before being able to finally shine like a true diamond. You know, we always talk about people always look and admire diamonds, but they never admire the refinement of a diamond. And that's how I see her where she took, 
all of that time to be refined. And now she's shining so brightly and she's inspiring nations and inspiring so many young women, uh, older women, just just a whole. I mean, she inspires everybody as a whole, but specifically she shines a light on women that I think was missing. Um, so that's that first person. The second person is the younger generation of actresses today. Um, one in particular is Yashari that plays on, um, right now she has a new show called uh, Grown-ish, but beforehand she played on Blackish, and um, she's just such a strong, refined, well-put-together young woman, especially for the young Black women in the world that are trying to grow up and, and have somebody to look up to. Um, right. I just truly admire her, and, and she's younger than me. And now I understand when I was growing up, when older people three times my age were saying that they admired me and they looked up to me. Now I get it because <laughs> I'm looking, I can look up to somebody younger than me just because of the wisdom she has, the direction she's trying to go and um, the door she's trying to open for generations, both young and old. That's a great point. How you have two different situations, one who went through adversity and then one who kind of is the empowering voice. It's like the changing of the guard. You have somebody who definitely went through it and now can kind of empower a woman in a way where you don't have to be afraid. When you make a mistake, you just keep going. And then you have somebody, younger generation, who may have different because it's the different technology with everything evolving, but yet still has the power of voice. I think the key is the voice is still a massive impact, whether it be on your phone or whether it just be in public speaking, you can change so many things as long as you use it to the better of the good. Exactly. And, and, and that's for sure. I think, I think the fact that we have two different situations too, and, and how I'm glad you mentioned mentor. If you can look up to someone, you can find that mentor. It makes a difference night and day when you have to grow up and you start seeing things compared to when maybe you just had no voice or you had somebody who just wasn't there when you had somebody with you. It's like a mm-hmm. guiding. It's like, it's like a light guy, like a lighthouse. There you go. Yeah. And question nine: What is your message to the dreamers out there, inspiring to do big things and whatever they choose? My message to the dreamers is to be one hundred percent you. Know the beauty that you possess, um, in the way that you think, and that you are a game changer. No matter if you know it's just you living the dreams that you have um, or you trying to write what the, say you want to be a director and you writing something that, you know, nobody else understands. Don't worry about any of that. You have a vision that God gave you that maybe it's not meant for anybody else to understand until it's fulfilled. So I just want them to know to be 100% them. They don't have to try to be like anybody else. You know, um, uh, one thing I said in one of my segments before is, you know, everybody always wants to be the next greatest person. Like, for example, um, I want to be like Oprah. I want to be like Michael Jordan. I want to be like Steve Jobs. Or and, and the thing is, they forget or they never look at it and say, I want to be for me. I want to be the next Saritha Sherrod. Well, guess what? I am Saritha Sherrod, but there's levels to me. You know, there was the five-year-old level, the 12-year-old level, the, the whenever I get 30, 40, 
there's levels to it. And it's, I just want to be the best me possible because there's only one me in this world. Um, I'm not really trying to be like anybody else. Now, yes, I can look at the path they took and try to see if anything, you know, I can utilize any of the things they went through to mold me, but I don't want to be another X, Y, and Z or another individual. I just want to be the best version of me. Right. And you want to insert your name here is doing and That's a great, that's why I always, not only do I always say, but everybody should just say, I'm doing this. Not, not, I'm trying to look up this. Of course, like you said, look up to something as maybe find and tweak things. Maybe you saw something mm-hmm. you like, but at the end of the day, there's only one you and you have the power to choose and be the captain and you, exactly. have, to, and you have to own up to it. Exactly. There you go. Question 10 and our final two questions here. What are your goals in the next five years, whether it be anchor with your job or just anything you want to share with the anchor nation? Um, where, well, my goals is one, I want to live and thrive in another country. Um, I want to be, I love traveling the world. I love being able to interact and, and take in the culture. I'm a foodie. Um, I love when I travel, I never like doing touristy stuff. I love being amongst the locals and um, seeing the everyday life and just experience every day with them. Um, so I definitely, that is definitely one of my goals to live and thrive in another country. I've always stated I wanted to live in Thailand for at least six months at minimum, but, um, I I really want to be a world traveler. So I've already gotten a start and I haven't really sat still since. Matter of fact, next month I was supposed to go to um, Israel and Egypt. And uh, one of my goals when it came to traveling was being able to travel to at least three countries per year, um, you know, once every four months, because traveling isn't as expensive as people think it is. They just got to know how to look for Right. Uh, special deals or know how to travel and so on and so forth. That's a whole, you know, segment in itself. Um, I also, one of my goals is um, I wanted to create a movement and a corporation called Exposure for the youth and adults who have never really gotten a chance to travel in life. And I mean, really travel. You know, there's some people that haven't been 30 miles outside of their hometown, um, much less talking about outside of the country. And the beauty, the beautiful thing about traveling in general, whether it be uh, outside of the country or in the country, is you get a chance to see how other people live or you get a chance to see a different scenery. You get a chance to almost become alive um, just from getting out of your comfort zone or getting out of your norm. You get exposed to something which allows you to realize that there is a bigger picture in some way, shape or form. And I feel like a lot of people, if they were just able to be exposed to exposed to those types of things, then it would be easier for them to grow internally, which will allow them to grow externally. So I definitely want to start. Um, I'm not sure if it'll be called global exposure or um, just exposure, but I want to be able to start that and and have a system within that that allows us to help people get their passports so that they can travel. So um, that's another goal I have. And then my personal goal is to just pour out all of my talents, all of my visions, all of the love I have within inside of me to pour that out so that when I die, people can say that I died empty because I truly gave it my all. 
I poured out every last thing I had in me. And um, like, I have a love for helping people always have my whole life. And so I want them to be able to see that, you know, she truly did give 110, 110, 1000% of herself before she took her final breath. Those are some power. First off, thank you for sharing that. Because we'll start with no. the travel. We'll start with the traveling. It, it is crazy, but some people are either they have, are afraid to travel, or they just don't have the time. Or you hear so many excuses. And I think you trying to start a movement with whether it be at a global or just regular exposure, or just even getting outside the state boundary or something in, in the U.S. <laughs> or just even a country boundary or a city boundary it'll open up their mindset to know anything's possible outside of the world and how West culture meets East culture. And you hear all these hemisphere cultures and right. it's crazy just how one, one area or one town over, they do things something completely different and you would have never known that. And, <laughs> the, and then the second thing, absolutely. If you can give it a hundred percent or even a hundred, 110% each day, leave nothing on the table before you take that final breath and say, I did everything I possibly could in my lifetime, that's a win. And that's, uh, that's how you live a life for sure. I, I appreciate it. And, and I think a lot of people have that same message of giving it a hundred percent or 110 each day, because that's the only way you should go. I mean, if, if you can't, if you can't go 110 or a hundred percent each day. It, it's definitely, it's like you're, it's a waste of day. It's important to always try and try new things and be open to change. for sure. Well, you know, every time you try, you learn, like there's no such thing as failure. Failure is the steps to success. So when you're trying, all you're doing is, all right, did it this way today? That's number one. Did it this way tomorrow? That's number two. All you're doing is building up to those numbers to getting to where, you know, you get to whatever number you wanted to get to. But that's how you start adding up. If you don't try, you never are adding to anything. Right. And if you don't try, you never know what the end result will be. I think I think if you don't try something. Will you ever know what's on the other side? I think it's important to keep that in mind. That be scared outside your comfort zone. You learn from it. And, yeah. grow. and then even even the another thing, me personally, I realized that there's some things I didn't know I could do until I tried doing them. And it wasn't that I was practice practicing them. Painting is one of the main things. I randomly stumbled across the fact that I could paint. I didn't paint any when I was a child. Um, besides maybe the finger painting, you know, right. as a little kid. But outside of that, I didn't take classes. I didn't even, you know, go, oh, let's go painting uh, for extracurricular. I didn't do any of that. Um, I just randomly decided uh, I was in a relationship and we decided, hey, we're going to do our own sip and stroke versus going out and paying and, you know, having to drive back home and be around people and stuff. Let's just go buy the supplies and, and do this at the house. And um, that's how I found out I could paint. There it is. The, the hidden talents of just <laughs> trying it one time. And those hidden talents, they can mean something at the end of the day because that's oh, more, yeah. it's more tool belts in the arsenal to keep the message going for sure. Exactly. And so thank you for those thoughts. And our final question is, what is one thing you like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it could also be a fun fact. Oh, my gosh. So... I feel like they should know this about me, but if they haven't put two and two together, I am truly a vision of love from God. Um, I can truly say that I eat, breathe, sleep, dream, um, cry, 
laugh, love. It is what flows through my veins. Um, it's not an act that's put on. I don't have to know you from, from Joe or Jill, Jane or whoever. Um, I never meet a stranger, but I truly do love everybody. And I always want to be able to help everybody. I take on the emotion. Like I don't even have to be in person, but I can take on an emotion from somebody who's hurting and in pain. I truly connect with people because I love hard. Um, and that's not just that thing you say in relationships, like in this world, I hurt from, you know, the, the sorrow and the uh, homelessness that's going on and certain other things and us not being able to truly be brothers and sisters like we should be because we're not loving like we should do. Um, so I am truly a vision of love from God is one of the things that I want the anchor station to know about me, uh, which kind of that goes back down to the voice of reason. If you notice, I always kind of end off saying peace, love and blessings. Um, because one, if you're in peace, if you're in a peaceful environment or just you find peace, you will always be at home. Um, if you can love, you will always be able to find your way. And it, the blessings, people think that you only get a few blessings in life. And in all honesty, there are so many blessings that can be showered upon you. You just have to claim them. You have to work towards them. I never put a number on my blessings because God never put a number on how many blessings I can get in life. I get blessings every day, but will I live up to it? Will I act upon it? Will I go seeking it? It's on me um, to know how many I can you know, accomplish throughout the day. So that's what I truly would want the anchor uh, family and the anchor nation to know and even when I used to welcome people in, the newbies in Anchor, I used to always say, welcome to the Anchor family, because I've always seen Anchor as a family. I've always, since I've been a part of it, it's been nothing but positivity across Absolutely. the board every single day. I still have yet to ever see anything negative about it. And that's one thing I love. Um, and then just a little fun fact of it. Uh, I was Miss Teen of Georgia. Um, oh, wow. 2000 seven 2008 and so that means I just had my 10-year anniversary as uh and did the emceeing for Miss Teen of Georgia uh last year with uh that person rang obviously last year and this year so uh I, I, I know a lot of people on the anchor station actually that's one thing they probably don't know about me unless they happen to go check out my Instagram and see the little snippet from my 10-year anniversary there you go, Miss T and George. That it's an honor for sure to have you on the show. And, and, and before we wrap up, yeah, I think that's a great point though. That you you look at some of these things and and the blessings were given. I mean, I feel like waking up every day, and it, it sounds it's like oh, it's it's just waking up every day, but that is a blessing. Some oh, yeah. people some people can't even say that every day. Some people they might be in a pain situation, or they might have something going on. They can't even walk every day. I mean, it's stuff like that that we sometimes can take for granted. But in reality, that's a blessing. and We have to live up for it when we're given that ability. Oh, yeah. We, we have so many blessings that we have on the everyday that, like you said, we've taken them for granted. Or we're just like, that's the norm. That's supposed to happen. And actually, it's not supposed to happen from waking up 
or being able to move our limbs around, being able to see our loved ones, being able to have a car, transportation, people that love you. Like it's so many that we can name right. easily um, that people don't even think about. But the, then even after you get through the common blessings that we constantly get renewed every day, there's other blessings out there um, that have your name on it for your own growth, for you to become who you really truly want to be. It's just your whole mindset will lead you to that or not. That's a great point. I think mindset is such such a power in its own field that oh, yeah. you have the mindset of, you have two mindsets. You have the positive and the negative. Everyone chooses the positive and you live the life and give it 100%, keep trying new things and be thankful for the blessings and thankful for the things you have. You live a happy, clean, and peaceful life. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. And I, just one tidbit I want to add with that yeah, is, um, one thing I want people to know when it comes to positive and negative, we're not sitting here saying that there's always positive things, just positive, positive, positive. We know that there has to be a balance, Absolutely. that negative things have to happen as well. But the way you flip that is try to find the positive in that negative thing that happened. Like we know there, there needs to be a balance, but okay. Now that this negative thing happened, what is my positive? Uh, what can I gain from it? What can I learn from it? Or what am I truly supposed to take away from it? And I definitely have gone through that a lot in life from losing like my brother or my grandmother, both in the, within a six month radius as um, a teenager. And like my story behind that my teachers and other students at the school didn't even know until three days after my brother died that something actually happened except my boyfriend um, who had to inform everybody at that time because nothing changed about me. I still was trying to make people smile, make them laugh. I still was, you know, at school just being me and pouring into other people because instead of me being, woe is me, this negative happened. Now let me bring down everybody else the positive side in it was, hey, I got a chance to have a relationship with him. Um, but you know what? Let me be able to reflect that that positive on other people. Let me be able to help other people smile and not cry. You know, they don't have to feel my pain right. um, because I don't know what pain they're going through. So let, And then later it became the positive that came out of it was it gave me a testimony to be able to talk to people and um, help them get through different things that they're going through in life because they, they, some people will put me on a pedestal and say, oh, you live this perfect life. You uh, accomplish this, you accomplish that, you accomplish the third. And then when I truly start telling them what really went on in life and how I took the positive out of those things that went on in life, which is why it looked as glorious as it did or how they wanted to perceive it. I said, it didn't mean, it kind of takes us back to that whole turning pain into a painting. They were seeing right. the picture of the painting, but they didn't see the pain that made that picture comes full circle. And that's a, that's a powerful thing to have that you took that at a young age to know that although, yes, there was suffering and stuff coming around through you, you took every black cloud that you were thrown and had a silver lining out of it, which not many people have that knack to do. A lot of people will want the attention, will want something out of it through a negative situation but you and I'm sure many other people in the world who have that, that power to be like, well, I can always have a negative situation, but how can I turn that around? That's some powerful stuff in itself. And I'm, I applaud that because 
not only will that show the true character at the end of the day, but it'll go through through for you and through you for the rest of the life to know if anything can go that low or something that low happens or a low life happens, one of those peaks and valleys, you want to get back to that top of the mountain and make someone else feel at the top of the mountain rather than sulk them down to the bottom. That's impressive. Right. Right. It's awesome. All right. I'd like to, I'd like to thank Sarita for coming on the Anchor Nation. Appreciate her time and dedication to the show. Before we go, Sarita, you want to DM your social media so people can find you? Yes, definitely. Um, you can find me on Instagram at House of Samish. That is H O U S E O F S E M Y S H. And if you find me on Instagram, then you can click that link, will, which will link you to my other social medias and platforms. Um, you also can find me at Saritha Sharad on Facebook, which will link you to some other. Uh, social medias and platforms and that is s-e-r-e-t-h-a-s-h-e-r-r-o-d and um yeah that's basically it Uh, you those two will kind of get you to a little bit of everything i am a very personable person so feel free to reach out um like i said i love 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 i am a vision of love so there you go (laughs) it's not hard to talk to me absolutely and definitely check her out voice of reason on anchor for everybody listening on anchor Thank you always to the Anchor Nation for giving your undivided attention, not only to myself and the interviewee. And Sarita, thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to come on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you again. Bye. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, Follow me at The Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under The Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.